Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Immortality. People dream of living forever, but I don't think they truly know the weight of it. The years pass swiftly, and the burden of existence presses heavily on your shoulders. Your regret follows you. The ones you love do not. There is nothing more frightening than watching everything you love around you die as you live on and on and on, becoming another trinket that collects dust. The Other Stories presents Bulletproof Part 2 Audrey is Bulletproof The words rose as surface ripples shimmering with my reflection in the pool Audrey is Bulletproof Deep steel with more wounds than I could ever have held the water. I patted my face. The liquid turned as red as Mars sand, as red as the sand in the circus ring. It was gone from my flesh for one more night. I slammed the sink back into the wall. Backstage was compact, just halls running circular around the ring, tiny windows that barely fit a set of eyes showed glimmers of freedom. The dark universe with wounds of starlight. That's all we had. And rooms that were more like boxes, with a bed attached to the wall with these metal bolts that existed only to stab you in the back every night, like most things around here. Mr. Callahan stopped me in the hall on the way back to my room. Good show, Audrey. Did you do something different with your arms tonight? You know I didn't. Well, maybe you should. Where's your showmanship gone, Audrey? I'll work on it, I replied. More malice in my eyes than my words. My hair tickled my shoulder, urging me on. See you tomorrow night. Was all I could muster. A tear clawed at the edges of my eyelids as I walked away. I stopped it. Mr. Callahan owned too many of my tears over the years. Too much blood, too. 
Kalinda was in my room when I got back. She sat on the edge of the steel bed, her purple skirt cascading over the edge like the waterfalls of Proxima Centauri B. I think. I had never been there. Her dark lips parted. Her dreadlocks pulled behind her head in a loose ponytail. She looked at me with eyes that begged me to speak first. My tears came then. Not for him, but for the pain I knew Kalinda felt when I came back from the ring. I let it out and breathed, then a whisper. <laughs> it really hurt tonight. Come, it hurt. She rose, arms open like a canyon, welcoming a wanderer to water. My lips curled. I began to weep. When my eyes closed to expel the tears, her arms were around me, wrapping me with her warmth, her love. Her arms recoiled back to her body then, like tightly wound elastic. She rose from the bed and joined me with the rest of her body. You know, I find that creepy. <laughs> I half laughed through tears at her elastic limbs. She was Callahan's contortionist, but her limbs could stretch more than any other contortionist in the history of circuses. She was special, like me, with artificial skills beyond what regular people could ever muster. Quicker way of getting to you. I don't like to see you hurt, she crooned. It's my job, Carl. I still don't like it. Come here. She took my arm, led me to her computer hidden beneath my sheets. I sat on my knees in front of her, my chin dancing gently on her glittered legs. Look, she pointed to a map on the battered screen. We are coming within 10.7 light years of an enforcement orbiter. I frowned, tears beginning to dry on my freckled face. That's like 10 miles, she said. So? You could make that. I stood. I was abrupt, but my legs tremored. That's ridiculous. You won't die. They'll see you on their radar. Pull you in thinking you might be a body lost in space. They'll realize you're alive. You'll be safe. You'll be away from here. What about you? I snapped. I made a suit. It's not great. But if I catapult us, I get enough thrust from outside hull, and we could make it there in minutes. The suit will hold. You don't need to worry about me. Carl, I haven't been the same since David died in the ring. You know that. I don't take risks anymore. I did, and now his blood is on my hands. Audrey. You didn't know it was him. I should have. He was like my brother. We grew up in the same shithole before this one. It was a fucking shapeshifter. How could you have known he'd be in the ring with you? The lump in my throat appeared. Less painful than the physical objects I yanked from my throat in the ring. You can't talk about him. Not like that. Not with anger in your eyes. 
I'm angry because of this place, because of Callahan. It's his fault, not yours. We need to get out, if not for us, for David. He wanted out, too. The muscles in my chest strained against my skin. My lungs could not take the air I needed. David was a shapeshifter. He was my only friend when I came to the Callahan Brothers Carnival from our shitty Kepler cotton farm. The market crashed the year I was born. Some huge company made a deep space tunnel to our planet, made Kepler cotton cheap as fuck. It bankrupted us, our friends, everyone on Kepler 10B. All for scarves and bad linen. David was our neighbor's son. When cash got tight, we were both sold to some seedy orbital owned by the most disgusting man I had ever met. And that wasn't even Mr. Callahan. He came later. The orbital was the kind of place normal people went to live out their fantasies with people who could do strange things. On that ship, I was murdered over and over again. David changed into people of desire, all for the price toted by our owner. We thought the Callahan Brothers Carnival was the promised land. It was until we began to be treated less like stars and more as servants. The glitter waned. The anxiety grew. Let's go tonight. Let's make sure he doesn't get another show out of us. We can be who we want. I can be an engineer. You can study. Discover who you should have been. But I'm bulletproof. She shook her head, mouth hanging open. You're telling me that you can't heal from this? You? My eyes darted up from where I held them at the ground. My spirit rising too. I can heal from anything. Then let's go on a spacewalk to freedom and get out of here for David. My heart pinged again. It resonated with the sound of his choking, the drips of my blood as I plunged my own arm down his throat to kill him. I had learned that coincidence was my enemy. The same night, I decided to put one of the circus's caged beasts out of its misery. Was the same night David decided to transform into one of the captive alien creatures to help me in the ring. It was a mistake. One that cut my chest open. It didn't draw blood. You really think we can make it? Me too? I said, the firmness I needed finally coming in my words. Audrey, you're immortal. You might be uncomfortable for a few minutes. I should say I will be too. But we'll be in the arms of the authorities before Callahan realizes we're gone. She grabbed my arms and widened her eyes. We can't do this. She nodded her head over and over, but the words still echoed in my mind. Words that haunted me with every moment I existed. Words I only heard once a night.
Let me get out of these bloody clothes. I don't want them to think we're really dead. Carl smiled. The smile that ignited the fight in my immortal heart. When I release the pressure seals, the incisions I made will cause the glass to shatter. That's when we need to straighten out and go. She lay her hands on the suction pads she had fixed to the window. Or else we'll be sucked out too fast and spin off. We need this to be controlled. My body can take trauma to an extent. I'll make sure I'm extra stretchy. And I know you can take it. I can. I can't fucking take it, Carl. I said, convincing myself. My knees were bent, ready for the angle we needed to escape the window. My shirt was my favorite, an antique 1990s shirt of a band called the Spice Girls. It made me feel powerful, mainly because of its affirming slogan. But sometimes even immortal girls needed girl power. It would get shredded on the way out, but it was poetic. What I needed to be free of this place. You ready? Carl asked. Go, just do it. Don't count down or anything. I tugged on the tether that would hold us together. She was secure. Carl was safe. One, two... She started. I looked at her. Just kidding. She released the suction cups and the tiny window in the tiny room of the huge circus ship cracked and flew away in a million tiny pieces. The cracking of my neck woke me up. My blood vessels pulsed, urging my broken spine back into place. I breathed in, but my chest did not rise. My lungs didn't expand. My heart didn't beat, but somehow I was conscious. There was no reflection when I opened my eyes, just the blackness of everything that had ever surrounded me. Pricks of light were far away, but the tether caught my peripheries. It was stretched out, a limp body at the end of it. It was a daunting road to a silent call. Her suited fingers twitched, the black backdrop constantly moving against her regular actions. The enforcement ship coming into view. My heart beat once. My eyes dilated. My mind began its tricks. The blackness of space gained a domed window. I felt sand underneath my feet. The drums beat with every one of my hearts. The crowd were silent, but the sky was not. I gazed into the stars, each one free from captivity, from guilt. Once a night, I could see them in all their awe. I wanted that moment to last longer and longer with every show I did. But the words always came. The drums would stop. 
His voice would ring clear across the ring. Audrey is bulletproof. The curtains rise, talons, claws, tentacles, hooves, teeth, all kill me. I try to make it a show, although I long for the end. But there never is an end. Not for me. My memories become words floating in the ocean of my mind. Floating, I thought. My eyes opened, the cold sunk in. My eyeballs somehow felt tight, like they wanted to crack and shatter against a great weight. I turned my head. She's still moving, still tethered to me. We were some way from the Callahan Brothers Carnival, but even further from the enforcement ship. Kal was still floating towards it, twitching. I had 90 seconds till I died again. I used the tether as a guideline. My arms moved slow. My fingers gripped slower. I worked my way down the tether, inching closer, yearning to be closer. Each extra increment I got nearer to her hurried me, gave me strength. Her head moved. I gasped, letting my mouth slide open to the coldness. Call turned. Her left hand clasped her end of the tether. She pulled. Her right arm came up to join her left. She reached out with both of them, stretching towards me till the loose material of the suit could stretch no more. Her fingertip brushed my freckled cheek. A tear greeted her. The stream of liquid down my face warmed. It burned. It boiled straight from my skin. My whole eye started to warm. The moisture in it boiling in the vacuum of space. My open mouth, too. Till the moisture was boiled right from my body. The abyss lost its starry wounds and was gone. The curtains closed but her fingertips still rested on my cheek. Sir, one of them's still alive. Get her to medical! Bulletproof Part 2, Audrey is Bulletproof, was written by Joanna Skew and narrated by Erica Ventura, with music by Blair Moon and Tom Robson. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading, and to Ben Arrington who keeps scoring 300s in the 10-pin bowling game of social media posts. Science fiction and horror writer Joanna Skew explores mental health, sexual identity and diversity through her fiction. The deepness and darkness of space is her second home. As an LGBTQIA activist, she aims to use her fiction to make the world a better place for the next generation to come out in. Her sci-fi horror novella, Sloth, is out now. For more information, head over to jaskewauthor.com.
Erica Ventura is an artist, mother, narrator and a husbandry technician. How does she manage it all? No idea, but her artwork can be seen on her Instagram, at E-F-V-E-N-T-U, or you can visit her artist page on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash bioartsy. If you'd like to write for The Other Stories, we're currently open for submissions over at theotherstories.net forward slash submissions. You can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club, movie club and writing exercises at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can grab t-shirts, mugs, posters, comic books and courses over at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The Other Stories and Bulletproof is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time.